Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage, they know. Your home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams, and for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. It's Ken Carvin on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Tweet us at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Hickey, I just texted you. We just had Sage Rosenfels on. He was fantastic. I want to talk about his answer with Joe Burrow coming up at 1.40 p.m. Eastern. We've got a hell of a lot to do in this final hour. Got that. Got five burning questions coming up at 1.20. It's a fantastic time talking to Hickey about all these things. He has so many plans after the show today. It's going to be fantastic. I have plans after the show today. We've talked. We've laughed. We've cried. We've done the whole thing. I've worked with Billy on his gambling addiction. Billy gambles because he's bored. And all I just wanted to make sure was, Billy, I just don't want to turn into Joe Pesci in Casino. Go ahead, Hick. You call yourself a man. You know you're a lying, low-life, gambling, degenerate prick. You know that's what you are? Two small kids at home. I gave you money to pay and rent and buy groceries, put the heat on. You know your wife called Frank and told her to eat so? Eh? And you didn't gamble that money. And you stand here and tell me that? No, no, you didn't. Don't with me, Al. Don't make a out of me. You want to embarrass me? Make a fool out of me? You didn't gamble? Tell me you gambled the money i'll give you the money to put the eat up did you gamble huh degenerate you hickey yes ken thank you for that i think billy. joe pesci speaks to billy very loud and clear it's gonna sound like me billy it's 45 degrees right now in new york city i want to know if you went to turn the heat on would it come on for you I I don't I don't I don't I don't know what that means. What are you it's saying? taking a long time. Have have you denied your heating bill because of your gambling? Oh no! It, it would no no no. We're, we're I was going. about to say Hickey hit it again, but now I don't have to. At least you don't have two small kids at home. Don't you lie to me either. Damn it, Hick. Damn it, Billy. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Thank you for that, Hick. You he worked it. his ass off to bleep those bleeps because there's a lot of bleeps in there. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. Earlier I was talking about I, I wanted to give Rob Manfred a bunch of credit. I just couldn't do it because I thought, man, Rob Manfred, he knows. Vince McMahon drew dollars and eyeballs to his company. Roger Goodell draws eyeballs and dollars to his company. And it felt like Rob Manfred was doing the same thing. Hit it. I made one mistake. Um, at least um, during that long day. And uh, that was in an effort to make a rhetorical point 
I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. I enjoy destroying lives. I think if you look at the faces of the Houston players as they've been out there publicly addressing this issue, um, they have been hurt by this. You might have some support from this audience, but 95% of them are idiots. I wanted to give him all the credit in the world. I couldn't do it. I, I really do think he's disconnected from his fans, of the fans of the sport he represents. I think he's out of touch. I think owners would be wise to get rid of him before it's too late. And I mean that sincerely. I think Rob Manfred is bad for baseball. I think that he addresses the wrong things in baseball. I think he has made the sport worse. He has not made the sport better. For Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell does a lot of things that are are disagreeable, that not a lot of people like. Roger Goodell, and this is what Rob Manfred's trying to do. Rob Manfred's trying to take heat away from the owners and heat away from the players. He's a commissioner. He's paid to be a punching bag. That is what he's trying to do. But some of the ideas are just clownish. And one thing where I tried to give him credit, and I just couldn't do it because he doesn't believe in any of that stuff I talked about. He don't know who the hell Vince McMahon is. He knows who Roger Goodell is. But Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon is one of the greatest villains in entertainment history. Put himself out there, but always knows that the champion represents his company. It's the biggest thing that they possibly could have. Roger Goodell, he laughs when he gets booed at the NFL draft. He loves it. It's become tradition. But Roger Goodell has never forgotten. Through all the strife, and I know New England, I know you know, I, I, I love you. You know I love you, but I, and I know you hate him, and it's going to be hard to hear this. He's never once wavered on what the Lombardi Trophy means to the teams that win it and to the fan bases that win it. Because for that moment, you live vicariously through that player, that coach, that general manager, that owner. When they hold that trophy up, you have won it as well. That's why Raiders fans got mad at me an hour ago when I was clowning on your owner. Because they remember just win, baby. They remember I'll take it from Pete. They remember the whole thing because they did it. That was their thing. Roger Goodell does not forget that. He knows just how important that piece of metal really is to the fans and to the people who love those sports teams. Rob Manford forgot that. Or maybe he never knew. Poor choice of words? Yes, definitely. Can it be forgiven? Absolutely, over some time. But this whole entire offseason has been one asinine ordeal for Rob Manford and his ball clubs after another. So I wish... I could say that he doesn't care and he wants to be a heel. He wants to learn from a man. He wants to learn from from Goodell. That's giving him far too much credit. I do want to give him credit for one thing, though. And Hickey might remember this. Actually, it might have been Tom who was with me at the time. I might just start calling the final hour of the show, I told you so. Because I thought this up for football last year. Rob Manfred did come up with a good idea. Or what we're charging him with. There's one good idea in there. If you expand the playoffs, which I am in favor of, we'll always watch more playoff sports. There's more drama. There's more theater. Something I am in favor of that not a lot of people seem to like, and I want to talk you into this. And I want the NFL to do this desperately. That you have to pick an opponent if you're a higher seed, if you're one of these bi-week teams or, or the highest seed, that you have to pick an opponent, holy geez, is that one of the greatest ideas 
I think I could have ever came up with, which I did, or anybody else could have came up with, which Rob Manfred did, which the NFL absolutely should do. You want to add another playoff team? Fine. I want to hear, you need to hold a press conference. Think about this. Go with me on this for just a moment. Give me a football team, Hickey. Give me a, give me a sub You know what? Give me the Raiders, okay? Give me the Raiders. Say that under, uh, you know, it's, it's too off the ass to actually think about what would have happened. Say you were a borderline playoff team last year. Say you were the Raiders. You were 7-9. and nine. And the number one team in the AFC would have been the Baltimore Ravens. So at, at night, at 8 o'clock, on like a Monday, the NFL Network says on, at 8 o'clock this Monday, we will have Steve Bashotti and Jim Harbaugh, and they will have to go to it. And they will have to go to the podium, and they will have to make their announcement of who they choose to be their opponent. Hickey, you don't think that's a good idea? You are stoned to the bejesus, my friend. I'm not a big fan of it, personally. I can't think of a better idea than forcing a league that does everything they can to avoid bulletin board material, to force them to have to go and provide bulletin board material, and then try to talk around why they selected said team. Like, say it was the Colts. Hickey, your Colts were 7-9. and nine. The Broncos finished up pretty nicely. Say the Broncos fans, 7-9. and nine. Pittsburgh, 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, my God, the Ravens had to pick you. There's no way they'd pick you. There's no way they'd pick the Steelers. So then they'd have to pick somebody else. Well, why did you pick somebody else? Are you afraid of the Steelers, Steve? Is that what you're afraid of? Well, we're 14-2. and two. We're afraid of nobody. No, 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 no. But why? But if you're afraid of nobody, then why didn't you pick the Steelers? They had the lowest record. They would have been a borderline playoff team, and in this scenario, would have been in the playoffs. Right? Right? Eight and eight. That would have been. That would have put them in the playoffs. Correct? Under a seven-team scenario, then Steve, why didn't you pick the Steelers? If the Steelers would have went out and won, you, you had your choice. You didn't pick the Steelers. You picked somebody else. Why is that, Jim Harbaugh? Why is that? I want to know from you. I want to hear Bill Belichick in his non-answers, in his gruff demeanor. Stonewall all the questions about why he picked Team A. Because you know what it does? It creates bulletin board material. It creates fun. I heard Scott Drew in an earlier clip. His team's playing Kansas right now. He's done a remarkable job. And I hated that one of the storylines was, you know, we got to do it one day at a time. Hit it. Great player leadership, making sure we're staying focused on the here and now and one game at a time. And uh, in conference, that's the beauty of it. Every game counts as one. And there's 18 of them. They all count equal. Damn, Scott, I never knew any coaches ever thought of something like that. You're telling me you guys take it one game at a time? You preach leadership? Damn. That's what you guys do? I want one coach. That's why I miss Steve Spurrier. I want one coach to come out there and go, we're going to win the whole damn thing. and ain't nothing you guys can do about it. We are that damn good. We've been that damn good. I don't care. Can't spell citrus without UT, Free Shoes University, stop this throw. I mean, I loved it. Go ahead and say it. Make it fun. And if the NFL does that, Hickey, you know this. Billy, you know this. What's this going to do? It's a week of underdog conversation. 
They picked us. They could have had some other team. They picked us. They thought we were going to be the easy one. And then some coach can get up there and hummina, 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 hummina. No, it's about weather. It's about travel. It's about this. It's about that. Because we don't want to be disrespectful. It puts them in an awkward position where now they have to win and they have to defend the decision that they made. And you know the NFL is always right for an upset. If it happens, it will be absurdly delicious. And you create rivalries. We thirst for rivalries. And in the NFL, it's still one of those places. The NBA, you got to be good to have a rivalry with each other. Baseball, you still have Yankees, Red Sox, but you're playing for something for the most part. You got Dodgers and Giants here and there. Like, there's a couple of things that, yeah, you still have a couple of rivalries with. College football is the last bastion of rivalry. In the NFL, we want rivalry. We have geographic rivalries. Imagine creating some. It's your first trip to the playoffs. Maybe you're like the Tennessee Titans, where the Tennessee Titans were a perfectly fine enough playoff team as they were, but now you can take it personally. A team like with Mike Vrabel and that fan base and that team, this is fish in a barrel. And you don't like that decision, Hickey? It just It's too you are reality TV-esque for me. It's, it's, it feels it's the too NFL. Forced. It's the NFL. It's not forced. It is How's forced. It? Well, uh, forcing coaches to like this is yeah, a forced technically, decision. Technically, it is forced. You're absolutely right about that. But the NFL is reality TV. Pro sports is reality TV. You can't imagine. You don't want to imagine an owner and a, a, the owner has to go up there. The coach has to go up there, and they have to say who they picked, and then they have to say why. They have to have an opening statement of why they picked the team that they picked for whatever reason, and then I get to watch the press conference and listen to them answer questions about why they picked who they picked. Who's not watching that, Hickey? I mean, who's not watching? Watch, don't get me wrong. I just it's Holy to me, it's not for me. I don't need that, that to watch and get jacked up for a playoff game. I'm jacked. It's a playoff. I, gar- I'm I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I would. I would bet with you all the money that Billy Jack has lost over the last two weeks over at Mohegan. I am willing to bet that that you would watch that ceremony gleefully. Watch that ceremony. Guarantee you'd watch that ceremony. I don't know. I'll watch. I don't know about gleefully. I'll see. Well, I have to see how it goes. Yeah, you'd be it, disgusted. It, it, you'd really be disgusted. Gimmicky. Yes, Ken Carmen has taken your beloved NFL football and has cheapened it to that. Yes, I'm sure. Could you imagine? You're a Colts fan. Who? What team do you hate? Ooh, I you're mean, telling Patriots, me the Texans. Bingo. So you're telling me that you wouldn't go? Oh my God, they're picking the Colts. You sons of you know what? All right, let's stick it to them. You're telling me that. Old what's their nuts over there doing sports talk radio wouldn't have a big rally about beating the Patriots? Really? You're telling me that sports talk radio in Indianapolis wouldn't do that? Because I'll tell you what, no one does spite better than Cleveland, Ohio. If the Browns got called out all week, all week, it would become personal and vitriolic very quickly, basically from 8.01 that Monday night. I can guarantee you that, friend. My entire four-hour show would feel like the end of Braveheart. How could you not want to do something like that? Billy, are you with me at least? Yeah, man. Thank you. I've been busting Billy Stones all day long. Billy's at least with me on this. You know it's a good idea, America. Rob Manfred gets a lot of stuff wrong. That is as right as right can be. Make him pick an opponent. Oh, God. 855-2124-CBS. Up in a little bit, where Sage Rosenfels was dead on talking about Joe Burrow. Up next is Five Burning Questions, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio.
You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. I have several questions about hockey, but first we have to do five burning questions because I, I kind of want to bring. If anybody's been a goaltender, what brings the goalies to fighting? Hickey kind of explained it a little bit. I didn't know you knew that much about hockey, Hickey. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, I mostly watch the Rangers, to be fair. But, yeah, I, I see a good hockey fight, you know. I I, I just want to know, from any of you hockey folks out there, I, I'm not – you can be a def- – you can be in a very defensive defensive group, so stay with me on this, all right? I just want to know what are the rules of engagement for the goalies to fight? Because I'm watching this from 13 years ago, and it's the Sabres and the Senators getting after it, and the goalies are going after it. From a guy named Bradley Gelber on Twitter. And I just want to know, when do you guys decided enough of this, the goalies are going after each other? Hickey, how does that get decided? I'm... Well, the last goalie fight I saw, it was, again, like some bad blood spilled over the last game. Okay. And then the goalie kind of started the fight by, like, basically assaulting one of the players that came in close. So I feel like, you know, if you're the if you're the instigator where, like, a line fight starts, but the goalie's the one that kind of throws the first punch to another player, it's like the other opposite goalie has to get in there involved and be like, all right, listen, you can't okay. just throw cheap shots because you can't punch the goalie back, you know? If you're a forward, you're not going to just oh, you sucker punch that. the goalie. You can't do that. So, you know, I think the other goal is to have, you know, stick up for his guy. So he skates over to, to the center ice line. He's like, let's go. And then it's up to the other goal to be like, all right, I think I'm going to call you out or I'm going to look not look sport. great. I'll say that. Hockey is a sport, man. I don't get to watch enough of it. I'm not in a hockey city. I respect the hell out of it. What a sport hockey is. It, I mean, that, that world, that whole hockey world is a blast. What a sport. All right, Hickey, let's go. Five burning questions. Let's Hit me with it. Let's there go. There is no room for fake tough guys in hockey. We'll say that. All right, so we obviously talked a lot about I heard Billy Ty Domi was a big fake tough I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so we'll stick with uh, getting Billy Jocks down because Kyrie Irving's first season in Brooklyn is officially over. No, so Lord. The announced on Thursday that Irving will go season-ending uh, arthroscopic surgery in his right shoulder. Yeah. Irving played just 20 games after both him and Kevin Durant stunned the NBA world, and they both agreed to play in Brooklyn last summer. Now, injuries are nothing new for the former number one overall pick, as Irving has played in at least 70 games in just three of his nine seasons in his career, including missing some full seasons as well. Can Kyrie Irving still be trusted as a viable second option on a championship team? I still think yes. I, I don't think that you can make him a leader, and I think he proved that in Boston. He, he was a spectacular failure in Boston. Other guys, thank goodness, you can tell it. Hey, I know that people seem to prop up Brad Stevens a little bit more than maybe he should. I know that's a fighting point, but you're able to get leadership out of other players. Him not showing up to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, not even trying to be there for his teammates, that said something, and it said even more when he left. Kyrie Irving's a tough nut to crack, man. I think some of this is in his head. I think some of this is where he gets injured, where he's afraid to get injured. I do sincerely believe that. Also know he's a remarkably talented player, and that if he does have a significant number one, an ace player that is on his roster, he can definitely be a viable number two. You just have to manage him. He's been injury prone his entire career, and he's been frustrated because of that. He's gotten hurt by slapping the back wall. He's been hurt in some very awkward situations. But very out there. So you, I still think if you manage him well, you can count on him. But to ever be a number one, leadership, that is non-existent. Him being able to be out there every night, that is non-existent. Billy, I feel for you, but I knew what you were getting with this. But I did see video of Kevin Durant putting up some shots after his Achilles injury, looking pretty good. So 
Just get through this year if you're a Nets fan, Billy. Hickey, next. All right, could there be a change coming down the pike in Philadelphia? Tim Bontemps at ESPN wrote an article on Thursday saying that if the 76ers have another early eggs in the playoffs this season, the Sixers could explore the possibility of moving one of their two young stars, either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Now, if a trade were to be explored, Bontemps cited that league executives believe that Embiid is more likely to be moved than Simmons because of health concerns surrounding Embiid. Now, he has missed an average of 29 games each year over the last three seasons. So if you were in charge, would you rather build your team around Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? I can't believe I'm saying this because all the last couple of years, it seemed to be any time that Ben Simmons would have a rough game, and it was basically every other game that he ever had a rough game. It was, well, it's time for this Ben Simmons experiment to get the hell out of here. We're done with this. I think I'd rather build around Ben Simmons. I know that he can be a cantankerous, emotional player, but you know what? So can Joel. And some of this I, I take a little bit of take a little bit of pride in because if you're a person who likes winning and wants to try to win, this spits right in the face of the thought of tanking. But that's a different issue. If it were to come down to this, big men, they become brittle, and they never really get stronger over that time. Like when you just brought up Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving's the type of body where I don't know if he's ever going to be able to play a full 82-game schedule. But if he's managed well, he can do well with it. With Joel Embiid, bigger bodies like that, they seem to take more of a pounding because they have where they have to play, how they have to play still. Joel Embiid does have some around the perimeter but has to play tough. Uh, I think that that would be a strong consideration. I would probably, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I, I might go with Ben Simmons. Next. All right, a colossal change could be coming to both college football and college basketball. First proposed by the Big Ten and recently supported by the ACC, the NCAA is considering allowing college athletes a free one-time transfer without having the athletes sit out a season. Now, currently, the only ways for college football and basketball players to do this and have immediate eligibility is if they receive a waiver for mitigating circumstances, which really has only caused more confusion and frustration due to the inconsistency of the rulings. So you think allowing every athlete the chance to transfer one time without sitting out a year is good for college athletics? I think it's great, but I think you should only be able to transfer once without penalty, and usually they only transfer once, and then that's it. You make one decision, and you're stuck with it. So if you start out at Kansas State and you decide it's not the right place for you and you go over to Texas Tech, even though that's in conference, they probably wouldn't allow that, but what the hell, let's just go with this. Say they ended up going to Colorado. There you go, different one. You go to Colorado, you're stuck in Colorado, unless you want to transfer out of FBS football to FCS or D2. Then you can transfer out. But once you make a decision, you're stuck there. Which, I know, free market system, coaches are allowed to do what they're allowed to do. Well, if you're picking coaches or if you're picking colleges because of coaches, I think you're already behind the eight ball and you're a little bit stupid in 2020 anyway. There's some really convincing coaches that can talk you into a lot of things. There's a lot of guys who can talk their way into everybody's living room. But ultimately, knowing what we know now, if you're picking a college because of the coach, I'm going to call you a dummy. I'm going to call your parents dummies. I'm going to call your family dummies. You can't do this. Even Saban, you can't do it. He's 68 years old. He could, he could decide he's done at any time. You don't pick Alabama because of Saban. Al, Saban helped Alabama get back to where Alabama is, but you got to pick Alabama for Alabama and what that program can still do for you. That's why you pick them. Saban helps, but you can't do that. Now, some people say, well, that's ridiculous because they had the Mike Price debacle, then they had Shula, then they had everything else that went with it. They had the problems after Stallings. Ken Saban had to take him to another level. Yes, because they did trust him for that time, which is still a scary thing to do. I can't believe any one of these guys trust any one of these people. 
I can't believe you still allow yourself to trust a coach in 2020. We know that they can go on any whim at any time. So if you're making that decision, you make the decision for the college, you're allowed one move, that's it. No questions asked. You want out of there? Get the hell out of there. You only have so much time you can play football. You have only so much time you want to do it. And I don't want to make it ugly. If you have to accuse somebody of some impropriety or some ugliness, the way that some guys have had to and have had to hold things over some school's heads, I don't think it, I don't think the player wants that. I don't think the player's family wants that. School damn sure doesn't want that. Just let them move on. If the player doesn't want to be there, let them move on. But they're allowed to make that decision once. Next. All right, so we'll end with this one. As the baseball world continues. Now, wait a minute. Is this five or four? This is four. We're running a little No, we're, gonna, we're, we're okay. going. Keep going. Go. So sorry, Greg. World, keep going. Yeah, sorry, Greg. As the baseball world continues to wait on the Astros and their punishment, one former player fired back his criticism towards a different part of the scandal. Former Red Sox star David Ortiz called Mike Fires, quote, a snitch and criticized him for talking <laughs> about the cheating now instead of <laughs> saying something while he was a member of the Astros. Ortiz went on to say how he can't believe no one on the Astros said anything while the cheating was going on to put a stop to it. So do you agree with David Ortiz calling Mike Fires a snitch? I thought it was a pretty bizarre comment. Uh, a guy whose past is shrouded in secrecy. I don't know if he should be the one throwing lawn darts at the other side against that guy. I don't think it's the right person to say that. I can... If I wrap my head around it enough, I can kind of pick up the logic because it's like, well, you 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 were able to to benefit from it during that time, and then all of a sudden you felt that it was a bad idea. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. It's just the messenger is, is probably wrong there. Hickey, I'm sure you maybe disagree with me, but it's just the person saying it is very bizarre, and it makes you go, no, you shouldn't be the one saying this. Well, that's part of it. It's like make sure your own closet is clean if you're going to go, you know, call someone yeah. else out but yeah yeah it's, i just yeah. want to make sure Thank no you. no you, you're you're right there Ken. next so we'll finish with number five let's finish now go so you mentioned earlier both the nfl and mlb potentially taking with their playoff formats mlb's proposal would feature the addition of two extra playoff teams to each league meaning seven total teams one team the first team getting a bye the next three teams with the best record would choose their opponent they would play in the first round the NFL's playoff expansion would add one extra team in each conference and eliminate a first-round bye. Just a team with the first rec- oh, excuse me, with the best record in each conference Jesus. would receive a first-round bye. My apologies. Not so which fault. playoff pro- proposal is better for their sport, MLB or NFL? Wait a minute. <laughs> I think it's baseball. I think baseball needs it more. I love, I love picking the opponent. Some pe- I can already see in the call box people disagree with me. I, I can't understand why they don't. I, I-, I think it-, it adds a natural rivalry there. If you are a fan of a baseball team that gets picked out there, you're automatically going to – it's going to get under your skin that they picked you because they think that they can just beat you. The other team picks you, I think that's fantastic. I love that. You can say it's fake. You can say it's drummed up. Th- that's what pro sports is. It's fake drummed up stuff. The stuff we spend 24 hours a day on, it's all fake drummed up stuff doesn't matter in real life. 90% of the stuff we talk about in sports that are big controversies don't matter a damn thing in our everyday lives. So I don't know if I really want to get into that argument, but fine, if you want to make one, go ahead. I think baseball needs it more. More eyes, more people watching, more chances to tell stories, more chances for drama, more chances for heroism. Uh, yeah, I, I think baseball, I think I like theirs better. Six, it's like, I didn't even think I had a seventh team. That just came out of nowhere. It's like, okay, I'll watch a little bit more football. That's okay. But I don't think football needs it. Baseball? Yeah, I, I, I can see where baseball needs it. Is that it? 
That is it. That's five. Fantastic, Hickey. I mean, really, well done. 855-2124-CBS. Try to get some of these calls when we come back. Also, Jack Elway, John Elway, Archie Manning, Eli Manning, Jim Burrow, Joe Burrow. What all these names mean? Because you probably don't know. That tease was probably terrible. But stick with me, because I'll tell you why coming up next. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at Geico.com today. We cannot talk about what you and I just saw, Hickey. That's probably for the best. That is. Oh, my goodness. I did not. When you described it, I did not really know what to expect. Did you show Billy? Oh, yeah. What? He just gave a head a head nod. Head shake, I should say. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> I I wish I could describe it to you, fine folks. I apologize. Oh, I can't do it. I'm trying to find a way around and I can't do it. I gotta move on. Oh my goodness. Uh by the way, uh, and this segment just started off like garbage. Um Sorry about last week. I was ill last week. So if you stuck with us and you were listening last week and you're listening this week, sorry about last week. Hopefully you gave me a mulligan because I was sick last week. My kids were sick. That show sucked. So I hope that if you listen throughout this show, you felt that this show was much better because I'm in much better health. I'm in much better spirits. My kids aren't sick. Things are much better today. So if it missed the mark with you last week, thanks for sticking with us. Do you have the Sage Rosenfeld comments there, Hickey? We talked to Sage Rosenfels about an hour ago. We talked to CBA, XFL, and I wanted to ask him about Joe Burrow. And he is echoing the sentiment. It's not echoing. I asked him his own opinion. It wasn't like he was piggybacking off of anything. But he echoes the sentiments of Carson Palmer and Solomon Wilcox, both former Bengals. Here's Sage Rosenfels on what might be going through Joe Burrow's head. You know, here's what's really interesting is that, you know, this year there's definitely an alternative. You know, people, like, I really like Tua. I, I think Tua is actually the better quarterback of the two, but mm. he gets injured a lot, so that's sort of the concern there. So, you know, the Cincinnati does have a, a second option, which sort of hurts, you know, Joe Burrow's leverage a little bit. But, you know, listen, I, I backed up Eli in 2010, and he and I talked a couple times about that whole situation in San Diego. And I think it was sort of known that the San Diego Chargers at the time were sort of not a first-class organization. They didn't really do everything it took to win football games, to win championships. They didn't spend you know money on scouting and and you know coaches' salaries. And and when 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 there was free agents, they weren't one of those aggressive teams. The New York Giants were one of those traditional teams who had been there, done it so many times. They were a sort of first-class, world-class organization. Cincinnati might be the worst. Uh, in the NFL as far as spending money and doing whatever it takes to win football games. And, you know, if you, this is the only time, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow sort of has a little bit of leverage uh, is to basically say, I don't want to go to, you know, to one of these places. And it worked out well for Eli. Uh, Phillip Rivers had an unbelievable career, maybe a hall of fame career, 
and never won a Super Bowl and probably won't, right? So, and Eli has too. So, uh, you know, I, I have no issue. Uh, John Elway did it. Eli Manning did it. I had no issue if Joe Burrow decides he does not want to go to Cincinnati. I think uh, I, I'm all for that. Again, this is the only time. There's not another job out there uh, other than, of course, in sports, uh, like, like basketball or whatever, that you graduate or you leave college, you leave high school, and you have no choice as to what city uh, and, and, and uh, business that you work for. But that's the deal in the NFL. And I think Joe Burrow trying to have whatever leverage he has is basically uh, I think he can try to you know, basically be cool enough and then cold enough uh, to the organization to, you know, to, to maybe they'll, they'll, they'll trade the pick, maybe they'll draft Tua, maybe they'll draft the defensive end from Ohio State. But if I were him, I would much rather prefer to play for some of these other franchises. Just a little bit of Sage Rosenfels there from last hour. Go back to CBSSportsRadio.com, hear the whole interview. Sage was his usual great self. Seriously, one of the best analysts out there. I, 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 I keep bringing this up. I have to. I think if you're Cincinnati, I keep thinking about Mo Egger and what Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 down there told me just a couple of months ago when we had him on in the mornings about the future of football in Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow has the power right now, at least what I would believe in Joe Burrow, if you think that Joe Burrow is the number one quarterback with a bullet. There's plenty of people who love to attack Valoa, and I'll bring him up here in a second. But if you believe that Joe Burrow has that type of power, he has, as a number one quarterback, he has the power to resurrect football in Cincinnati or destroy it completely. If what we're hearing is true about this this deal with the rent or the deal with the, the, the tenant situation in the stadium, with the county, with the city, that's not a very good situation down there in Cincinnati. So if you're a Bengals fan, I think that's a little bit scary. And you've kind of developed this reputation on your own. You're the only football team in the NFL that doesn't have an indoor facility. You've been notoriously tight-fisted at times. You've ran a pretty decent franchise. People disagree with that. Yeah, the stadium's kind of wooden and laconic. I've been there. I don't think it's a bad stadium, whatever. I, I think it's fine. And the team's been a relatively successful or competitive team over the last decade. Here or there, it's been pretty ugly. Fine. And this last year was pretty ugly. That's granted. But for the most part, hey, you weren't the Browns. You weren't the Dolphins. You weren't the Redskins. The Redskins were flat out embarrassing a few of those years. You weren't those teams. So there is something to be said for, hey, you got Duke Tobin. You've had a good coaching staff. You have some good players. You fell on your ass last year. You might not have that great coaching staff anymore. That's a scary scenario. And why I bring up these other ones, and I'm glad Sage did too, and I know the tease was just out of nowhere, but I don't think it's necessarily Joe Burrow you have to talk to. Jack Elway was an accomplished football coach. Archie Manning was an accomplished football player who was with football people. You got to talk to dad. I can't help it. We all do. I made a joke earlier today. Showtime Sean Porter was on the show. Other people set up trust funds for their kids. I made sure to text Sean at about 2 in the morning one day when Liz was five months pregnant with Axel because I went down an internet rabbit hole and watched a bunch of World Star hip-hop videos, the fight compilations, and I became concerned, and I texted Sean, and I said, you got to teach my sons how to box. I don't know how many sons I'm going to have. I know I'm having one. you got to teach them how to box. Some people try to use their connections and set, set their kids up with good jobs, I have a connection. I'm going to set them up how to fight. We all try to do what's right for our kids. Archie Manning, Jack Elway, Jim Burrow. Maybe you do what's right for your son. Three guys, football guys, coaches. 
You made a decision way back when with Eli Manning, and I really think they're the same way. Chargers not really a great organization. Don't know about that ownership. Cincinnati, I still don't think they're the worst organization. They are a bit on the cheap side, but I don't think they're a bad organization. But I think that can be scary to Dad. He's from Southeast Ohio. It's a little bit different from Southwest Ohio. The Plains down in that area, it's still Southern Ohio. Are there enough Bengals fans where he's not available to come back at home? I'm not sure if there is, at least in the area that he might be from. People might disagree, fine, whatever. But I think that you, if you are the Bengals and you think that Joe Burrow, who is from that area, around that geographical area, that people will gravitate towards, who's already been, he's been an adult, he has been somebody that has been in a leadership role you can count on. His his Heisman Trophy acceptance speech was phenomenal and raised money for great causes. He did the right things there. If you feel that he is that big of a change, it's not Joe, or at least not just Joe. you got to talk to Dad, too. Make sure this doesn't become a Jack Elway situation. Mike Brown needs to sit down and say, I'm my father's son. Meaning that, yes, there might come a day where there will be strong decisions we have to make with the roster. You're a football guy. I think you can understand that. But we're a football first team. This is our organization. This is my business. My father, this was his life. This is what we account ourselves for. This is what makes us tick. And we will do what we can, everything that we can, to put your son in the proper position before this gets ugly. Or you could, and what Sage Rosenfeld says, you could just go with Tua. Because he does make the the situation a bit interesting. You wanted to get something out of the Dolphins? The Dolphins got something out of it just to make sure because no one could trade up to number one or pass number one. So if you really wanted to make a deal with the Dolphins, you could do something like that. But I still think that Joe Burrow would find himself in a question of ownership, organization. The coach, I think, is phenomenal. I love Brian Flores. But I think he would still have those questions. Either way, one of the teams that really have what it takes to get up there you're probably not going to be with a good team. So you do have a discussion, and you do have a big decision if you're Cincinnati. Because with what Mo Egger says down there, the future of your franchise is right now, this coming April. Big thanks to Hickey, Pirano, Billy Jack, Greg Caserta. Guys did a fantastic job. All you fine folks for listening, I'm Ken Carmen. Listen to Pony next. You guys have a wonderful weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.